0: guys, welcome back to the podcast. I could not be more excited about who you are having a chance to meet today. They are dear, dear friends of mine and my husband, and they're about to be dear friends of yours. After nine years of being involved in the fitness industry and human services, Tony Nunez now serves in full-time ministry as a student ministry pastor at River of Life Church. And for those of you who might recognize that name, yep, that's our church. In the same month that he was offered the position, he was diagnosed with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Tony and his wife, Corey have been married since August of 2013. They have three beautiful girls together. Corey is a full-time wedding photographer and she serves alongside Tony with the students. While ALS continues to add physical limitations to Tony, and has deteriorated his body. Tony and Corey know God is faithful and has a purpose in all things, and they are pressing forward through this diagnosis to serve the students and further the gospel at all costs. Welcome, Tony and Corey. I am so honored to have you here on the podcast today.
1: Hello. Hello.
0: Well, guys, for those of you that don't know Tony and Corey, Tony is the E.F. Hutton of staff meeting. And that's a throwback that dates me because you guys are young. You're only like barely 30. <laughs> uh, in fact, I don't even think Corey is 30. Oh, yeah. 29, right? Tony, yeah, how old right are now. you?
2: <laughs> You're 29. Uh, I will be 30 in December. In December.
0: 29. <laughs> You're babies. You are literally babies. You could be my children. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me feel very old and very blessed at the same time. But Tony is the E. F. Hutton, and and I don't even remember when that commercial first came out, but it was like when E. F. Hutton speaks, people listen. Mm-hmm. And Tony, you are filled with so much wisdom, hard-fought wisdom, and uh, and it it just it just oozes out of you in everything that you say. It's staff meaning, especially for your age, it's really supernatural what God is doing in your life. Corey, you are the sunshine of River of Life. She is um, on our videos. If you've ever watched our services online, she is our 411 girl and um, just brings so much joy to everything that you guys do at the church. So I want to just launch right into people who who don't know you that are listening. This is listened to and heard in over 130 countries. So a lot of people will not have ever heard your names, but after today, they're going to know your story. So Uh, Tell us about the initial onset of ALS, this initial diagnosis and what that looked like for both of you.
2: Goodness. Um, Well, thank you for, for, you know, having us on and, 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 you know, wanting our, our story to be shared. So it's, it's an honor um, to be thought of in, in that way. Um, Well, back in 2018 Um, at that time I was a fairly competitive CrossFitter. Mm -hmm. And um, by that time I I, I was in that mix for about five years and I was wrestling with a back injury that wouldn't get better. So um, I I halted my uh, CrossFitting and uh, I began to Uh, more isolate my muscle groups um, just to stay fit until, until the injury got better. And I began to notice uh, asymmetrical weakness in my right side, which was my dominant side at that time Um, started in my right shoulder. Um, I tried to treat it um, with rehab thinking it was a former injury, uh, creating, um, you know, mechanical issues leading to muscular issues leading to vascular issues so I was doing my best to rehab it with with you know what I knew and that turned into my right bicep getting a little weak which was strange and at this time I I ALS wasn't even uh wasn't anything I knew of at the time I was familiar with the ice bucket challenge and Lou Gehrig, the baseball player, um, and I knew he had a disease named after him, but I know, I knew nothing about what what it, what exactly ALS was.
0: And how, um, old were, how old were you, Tony, at that point? In 26? Uh,
2: 26. 26, yes.
0: Because, I mean, ALS probably wasn't, like you're saying, that wouldn't be remotely what would come to the forefront. And I remember talking with you, Corey, at that point. Wasn't something that you would have even begin to wrap your head around at 26 years of age. Right. Yeah. That's
2: not what we No, And, and, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into more about the misunderstandings of, of ALS and, and mm-hmm. who it targets and, and, and a little bit, but the, um, just so I can stay online with, with, with absolutely once of, of what led us to go search what was going on. Um, went from shoulder to bicep to my right thumb and um, still thinking it was a shoulder issue. And then uh, one day I was uh, training a client and I was demonstrating heel walks, which just asked someone to maintain dorsiflexion in their feet. But you're essentially walking on your heels with keeping your toes off the floor. And I noticed that I could not maintain dorsiflexion in my right foot. Um, and that's when I began to think something bigger is going on because it's now my right side. Um, and I went to a shoulder specialist because that was the only place I could consider, you know, a good starting point. And he very quickly determined it was, you know, more of a neurological issue because it was a right side deal, and he wrote me a um, a referral to a local neurologist at Merritt, Washington. And uh, shortly after doing some tests on me, she um, she said she believed it was uh, ALS. She told me not to look it up, did anyway. and and uh, you know, or later. You know, 20 minutes later, while I was getting my blood, waiting to get my blood drawn, I looked it up and read the, what the the pending news and what that could be. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it was very confronting. And, um, you know, after, you know, the, the way they determine what ALS is or before, in order for them to diagnose it, um, two specialists have to agree. And then the second one officializes the uh, diagnosis, so it became official. I, the, the that sequence of the shoulder specialist, neurologist, that was all early 2019, sometime in January. Um, I was dealing with these symptoms from roughly July 2018, and then uh, by February, um, I was being seen at Johns Hopkins and receiving the diagnosis of ALS. Um, and, uh, you know, to those who, who aren't very familiar, the um, the typical, the high majority of people diagnosed, it's a, uh, a two to five year life expectancy. Um, and essentially your nerves and muscles divorce each other. They disassociate and that, takes place progressively at different rates for different people throughout the entire body. And um, so it's referred to also as the, I think, the the glass coffin disease, because your brain stays intact um, totally, but it paralyzes you completely. Um, and typically people pass away once their their lungs begin to you know those muscles, those those automatic muscles that work your lungs. Um, once once they get targeted, that that typically, um, you know, is the is the, the final, the final thing. So, um, yeah.
0: Thank you for sharing. Um, just I can't imagine what those initial moments uh, must have been like, especially yeah. just trying to process. Information you don't expect, don't want to hear. Um, I have watched you both the way you've processed this in the last two years, the way you've walked through it, and and I was going to ask you that question because I want to know if that feels mm-hmm. more difficult or. Maybe I'll just ask you, what is that like that your body won't do what you want it to do, but your brain is completely intact? Because when I say you're the EF Hutton, you're so insightful. You're preaching to our students. You're, you know, just completely sharper than most people I know that don't have ALS, and yet your body is betraying you. So, what is that like, Tony?
2: Um, it is, um, it's hard to explain until it occurs to you, hmm. um, uh, your, your brain begins to adjust to the lack of response to your body. So, um, you, your brain begins dismissing, um, even the option of using certain body parts anymore. Mm -hmm. So you have to, your body's able to do more than your brain believes it can. Okay. So, um, I have to intentionally tell my, you know, it's funny, tell my brain, no, my arm can still do this. Um, because if it was just based off the judgment of what I think it can do, it feels like my body can do nothing um mm. so you you we maintain all sensation so y- you can still feel everything everywhere mm. um but muscle atrophy takes place on the highest scale um and you know it uh your your body it's not a um it's not a thing of effort it's there there's there's no ability in, in the areas of the body that begin to disassociate, which is really strange to, mm-hmm. to first experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there's, there's very little, uh, at least for me, there's been no pain, which I mm-hmm. thank God of, um, there's a lot of cramping, which is painful, but, mm-hmm. um, cramping is a good sign. I thank God for, because if I'm cramping, that means I still have muscles yeah. and, um, muscles are are good so.
0: yeah so cory let's talk about that season um if you're listening and you're not watching they're both on here i get to have both both the uh scholar and the sunshine today so Corey, what was that like for you receiving you know being the spouse of someone receiving this diagnosis what that was going to mean for both of you as you walked through this the past couple of years Not that you even would understand fully what it was going to mean in that moment. How would any of us really? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to speak to what Tony was just saying, how do you make these decisions as you go? Okay. Now we need to, we need to move to this phase and this phase because I have watched the changes, um, over the past two years. So share a bit of, of the early experience and even what it has been like as the chapters have, have turned the page. What has this been like for you, Corey?
1: Well, I do remember the night that he told me and I was I every now and then I think about it and I'm kind of like, why didn't I just stop and like sit down for a minute? Like why was I in such a hurry? Mm-hmm. Um and I was like trying to get the kids to bed and he was like, I got to tell you something. Like I got to I got to share something with you and I was just kind of like, you know, not thinking too much into the shoulder thing. I was like, oh, he's fine. It'll it'll work itself mm-hmm. out like it always does and Um, not thinking that it could be anything more than what it is. And like, even when he came home with like some news, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So now we have a resolution and we're good. We can move past this and, um, like rushing around. And he was like, I need you to sit down. I have something to tell you. And when he told me what it was, I didn't even know anything about Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS. And he, the only description that he gave me was, it's not a good one. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, it's not a good one can mean like a lot of things. And I want to Google it so bad because I don't know, like I don't understand why it's not a good one. And um I remember going upstairs and like um he also gave me the the two things like it could either be ALS or it could be um MMN. And MMN is treatable and ALS is not, but um and MMN is not necessarily fatal. And I remember going upstairs and thinking to myself, like, like praying. And I called some people and was just kind of like, God, let it be anything else because I don't know what it is and I don't understand why it's not a good one. Um, And I was fighting every urge to Google it because I knew that wouldn't really help me. Um, And I was just like, you know, I, I want it to be something else because I, he takes things serious that needs to be taken serious and I could tell that this was serious and then um, I just remember getting the kids and bringing them downstairs and we just kind of sat together for a little while and um, the day after I didn't really it was kind of like the um, I don't know it just it was kind of like the day after Christmas like you just kind of continue on and you keep doing what you're doing. And, um, prior to this in 2018, in August, I left my full time job and we started doing, um, wedding photography together. And the vision that the Lord gave me was that we were going to be shooting together. And like, we were going to be this husband and wife duo. And when, um, I heard about ALS or like when he told me about the diagnosis, I didn't know that it caused a lot of different, like that there are different variations in like how it would affect his hands and his arms and his limbs. And, um, I didn't, cause I didn't really know anything about it. So we, um, at the time he was still able to do a lot of what he could normally do. He could still button his pants. He could still get dressed and brush his teeth. And so we shot that year, we continued to shoot weddings and I always, I I praise God for that year. And I think it's just so incredible how he like still gave me, like he still gave us the vision, like he still fulfilled it. Um, and it's not in any way like, um, like a dying vision or anything. And, um, I'm, I always celebrate it. I don't change anything on my website because we still are a husband and wife team. Like he tells me just as much about what I need to do on a wedding day, even though he's here. (laughs) 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 Um, we shot that year, 22 weddings together and, um, and it was incredible. It was an awesome year. He's an amazing photographer. Um, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. even until 2019 that we stopped shooting weddings together and that it was time for me to find a second shooter. So I thank God for really preserving him in that year so that we could see the vision fulfilled. Mm. Um, and just the, the day-to-day tasks, it all kind of adjusted slowly. Um, and we just kind of, I mean, we, we just had to change things as, as they went. Mm. And I can say that I've had the difficulty of trying to adjust from wife to wife and caregiver and I'm not very good at the caregiver part, and sometimes I'm not very good at the wife part either. <laughs> but but um, that adjustment has been the most difficult because um, we, for the duration of our relationship, he's always been able to take care of himself, um, and now I am his primary caretaker. Um, and if I don't do it, then it doesn't like then he can't do it. So
2: then I have to ask our three year old or five year old, and I find myself better off before <laughs> the request than after.
1: Yeah, I just oh. want to try to help give them a drink and there's stuff everywhere. <laughs> I'm just
2: kidding. they're great.
1: They're
0: <laughs> they are great, but it's, it's, that's a lot. It's a lot on you. It's a lot on both of you. It's And and yet your faith, it, what I've seen from the outside, you were both believers, obviously prior, you were already the student minist- ministries pastor. But to me, I've seen your faith deepen harden, intensify, grow, which there could be a lot of other verbs I could put there that, you know, when, when any of us find ourselves at 26, 27, 29 years of age, walking through what you're describing, it could be our faith crumbling and weakening. And, and we're not shaming anyone who's listening, who feels like their faith is crumbling, but I want your story to bring the encouragement and the inspiration that we are needing right now to feel like, listen, when adversity comes in whatever form it comes in, how do we strengthen our faith instead of seeing it destroyed through adversity? Maybe you could each speak to that. Tony, how, how is your faith deepened? What have you done and what has God done? And I'm going to ask you another question in a moment, but what has caused your faith to deepen in the way that it has?
2: Um great question um i did not grow up in the church Hmm. so um i'm i lived you know 18 or 19 years of life uh experiencing what life was like not knowing god or knowing that i could know uh, you know god um and then he saved he saved me. Um, he, um, what, um, what he has done for my soul. Um, far outweighs um, anything he has not done yet for my body.
1: And I will um, just kind of tag on to that too, that in these last few years that we've been in this, I've always had to, like, it's very difficult day to day. Um, and I know it's frustrating for him, especially, and frustrating is not even a very good word because, I mean, it that's the only word I can use, not being exactly in his shoes. I know it gets, it makes him upset that he can't get himself dressed or do certain things, and he doesn't like that he has to need me so much for these little tasks. Um, and every now and then I find myself just like overwhelmed. And, um, in the last like two, actually it was only in the last year since COVID that I've, um, had enough time in isolation and solitude Mm -hmm. to kind of like understand that God does have a purpose for everything and he's not just like a haphazard god and even even during covid like he had a purpose for covid. I think I've never seen the church come together in more unity and with more zeal for the gospel than I have in that year that we weren't even allowed to be around each other. Yeah. Um, and he also just kind of reminded me that even in this like what he's doing here in Tony's and like what's happening what he's maybe what he's allowing in Tony's body there is a purpose for it and it could be for our marriage it could be for our kids for people around us for the sake of this story for the gospel it just he's got a purpose for it and just <clears throat> understanding and like believing and sewing into that and knowing that his purposes are going to they're, they're just far greater than what Like my actual desires are. And um, I have been very encouraged by just that alone and the fact that there is a purpose in everything that he does. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you lose your car keys, there's a purpose in it.
0: (laughs) And I think we have to be willing to put that lens on what we go through. Um, There can be a purpose, but unless we Acknowledge that unless we sit with the gravity of that and allow God to be God, Mm -hmm. even when he's not doing what it is we would like for him to do. Um, sometimes we'll say, well, God didn't answer my prayer. He answers. We don't always like the answer or the timetable of the answer. But I think what you're both speaking to is I can choose to depend on the character of God, to trust that he is trustworthy mm-hmm. and believe that, mm-hmm. and to believe that his purposes are good, not just for you, but for those who watch your faith on display, um, because you you really are your 29-year-old heroes of the faith. I mean, I, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking of, you know, the great missionaries around the world and the people that I've admired and that are you know 80, 85 in heaven and I I see the resilience and the depth of the both of your faith and I and I don't say this lightly but I just can't help but think that the 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 well that you both offer of faith I just think it's deeper because of the adversity that you are walking through, I think it's pushed you both to depend maybe more on who God is. Not that you didn't love him more. I'm not, I don't want to, yeah, I'm not minimizing your relationship before, but I think you had two choices. Either I'm going to become bitter and angry and mad at God, or I'm going to lean into the goodness of God and let my faith be lived out in front of people. Is that a f- fair way to describe it? Uh,
2: yes. And um, uh, to, to kind of add to the, the, to speak to that question and kind of to add on to the previous question that I, I attempted to answer, um, uh, he's given us his word mm-hmm. and uh, he meant what he said. And, um it is knowing the character of God experiencing his um knowing his word and then and then the uh, experiencing his goodness and his faithfulness and then knowing that that's what he claims about himself and his word and and because I, I I knew I'm he made me his son before I knew much about what he had to say in his word. So I experienced him working in me and drawing me to himself. And then he reading his word, I found words to explain what was going on. And um, I, um, he gave me opportunity to trust him early on. And I, I chose to do that. And I realized I began to witness how amazing he was. And I began to trust him with every opportunity that, that, that I was faced with. And I know exactly who I am. I know how desperate I, I am for his grace and mercy. And I oh he owes me nothing, nothing. And um always going back to what he's already done for my soul. And um and he knows what he's doing. Um he made me his son. Anything that is happening to me is permitted within his sovereignty. And uh we have to be careful not to not to use, use this in in moments, but we have to be careful not to dismiss the fact that he um He's the good, the bad, the ugly, like all things, all things work together for the good, for those who love God. And have been called according to his purpose. And I love him because he has proven his love for me and, and has just totally claimed me. Um, and I, without doubt, know I've been called, called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. So therefore I trust in what is said before that um all things not some things most things the good the bad the ugly the tragic the difficult all things and I believe his word and I've seen him make ways where there was no ways I've seen him um like his timing is so he's never early he's never late he's right on time Mm -hmm. and I know um uh as his son he'll make a way like mm-hmm. um um so yeah. it is ah uh, um it is it is simply because um he is faithful and and and, and we believe him and um yeah so it's mm. yeah
1: and i did fall into the trap early of being angry with god because i prayed for it to be anything else And yet that was what we received from the specialists at Hopkins was that this is in fact ALS. And I remember being so angry, like I, I prayed for this, like I prayed for you to make it anything else. And I don't understand why, like your child just asked for something and why are you not giving it to them? Like I sounded almost like I do with my own dad. (laughs) And, um, I remember just, you know, just waiting and waiting. Like I couldn't get out. I had to get out of my own ear in order to hear clearly that there is a purpose behind all of this. And he is faithful and he has not once left us stranded during Mm -hmm. all of this. Like I can't even count on, I can count on, like both hands, my feet, Tony's hands, how many answered prayers have come out of this, the symbolism behind all of our kids and like what they mean to us. And just like every, every single step that we've taken has not been like, he's provided things and moved us forward, not in vain, but it's also opened up our, it's opened our, our hearts to be able to receive the fact that we're in this and it's terrible and it's tragic. And I wish that We weren't in this, but I also trust that he is working these things together for good. And we've not seen more breakthrough with students than we have in these last two years, like with our, in our own, our own lives and our own walks with the Lord in our marriage. It's opened our eyes to things that we were blinded to because we didn't have, we didn't have to lean on each other. We didn't have to rely on each other. We were very independent and now we're not. And I am actually very, very thankful for that season and for what we're in right now, because I needed to learn how to be a rib mm-hmm. and how to let him lead in the way that was like, mm-hmm. that was necessary.
0: Now I need to <laughs> <need> admit <laughs> Ah, yeah, like every listener is just where are the tissues? Yeah, it's a lot to take in, but it's uh, you're hearing guys, you're hearing what I meant by Tony and Corey. This is what it looks like to live your faith out loud. And Tony, you said you were given an opportunity, and in my mind, you I said and you took it, and then you said and I, I chose. So I think God gives us opportunities all the time. Um, it's not that things are good but he works them out for good. So for those that are listening, thinking, well, my situation isn't good. We know, we know situations aren't good. Circumstances aren't good, but he works them for good, which goes back to the purpose, Corey, that you're talking about. That's believing that God is good and his purposes are good. Even when things are not good. Um, I want to ask you a couple of specific questions about ALS. Uh, I know some of our listeners. Maybe they're also like we all were when you were first diagnosed. What all I knew about Lou Gehrig standing on a baseball field. Mm-hmm. You know, we know uh, a soundbite. We don't really know the ins and outs. I'm learning even new things today as you share. So, I want to know what people can do to make a difference in this fight to find a cure for ALS, but I kind of want to do a rapid fire, (laughs) quick little um, back and forth because I have both of you. It's the first time I've ever had two people on a podcast at the same time. So as I was preparing for this, I felt like the Lord gave me three questions that I want to ask and we'll do them kind of quickly if we can, but I want to know something that you've learned about yourselves and you kind of both have shared a little of, of this already, something you've learned about each other. And something that you've learned about God through this. So first we'll start with Tony and then we'll go to Corey. So Tony, what is something you've learned about yourself through this? Um, It is,
2: um, it kind of ties into uh, uh, something that I've also um, learned about God, but is that um, although our circumstances May change for the worst, um, the commission remains the same. Mm. There's not an exemption for hardship, um, integrity, the high call of maintaining integrity and, and pursuing righteousness. there's not an exemption for your you know for whatever you may be going through, and um, God is not limited to my limitations. God does not look at my abilities or lack thereof and uh, make his decisions decisions on what he's going to do through me, through them. Um, so uh, just knowing that God, how little of me God needs, how little of my ability God needs to fulfill the high call that he has you know, called me to. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's very humbling for all of us, Tony, because I think... We can all get a little bit prideful about what we think we're bringing to the table. And you kind of just level the playing field to say, how little of God does he really need of me to be God? That's, mm-hmm. that's, we call him Corey and staff meeting Tonyisms, that he needs <laughs> to write a book of yeah. all the Tonyisms <laughs> because he just like it's just mic drop after mic drop in staff meeting of like, What? Where is all of this wisdom and insight coming from? Corey, you may have already answered that by what you just shared about learning to be in a a, a different role than maybe what you originally anticipated. Um, Is there anything else that comes to your mind that you want to share about what you've learned about yourself?
1: Um, In the last few months, I've learned that I don't know myself as well as I think I do and that God actually knows me better than I know myself. And, um, he knows my temper. He knows my patience level. And yet he continues to put things in there that I'm like, I don't have patience for this, but he's knows me so well and that I'm capable of doing those things. I just, um, have to like represent him in everything that I do. And I I need to do it with a different filter, with a different perspective. Um, and I think I like, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the glass being half full. And um, I was just thinking to myself, like, I do need to be a more glass half full person. And then I was spending some time with the Lord and he was saying how like, I don't want you just to be glass half full because that's kind of superficial because what if, you know, your glass breaks and you don't even have a glass to be full of. (laughs) So what you really need to do is um, see things from my perspective. What you really need to do is represent me in all that you do understand and trust that I'm making things happen. And you're just a vessel. You're just kind of like, we're kind of like arm pieces. Like we're just moving things around in this physical world. And, and he's the one who's orchestrating them all. And so not thinking that I like know myself so well, and then being put into this and um, just receiving this, not even just being put into it, but receiving the situation and the circumstance that we're in and understanding that he actually knows me better than I know myself.
0: Mm, that's even powerful, Corey, to receive the situation yeah. um, is even a different paradigm. It's a different way of um, even the, the, the words that both of you choose to frame your lives with are very telling. And even that just spoke to me. Are we receiving uh, what is, what has been happening. All right. Now let's be nice and say something nice. Cause y'all know that Dale and I joke with each other pretty intensely. And that's my husband for those that are listening. So what is one really nice thing? Maybe I should say no, no. Cause you're always so gracious to each other, but what is something you've learned about each other that maybe you wouldn't have otherwise seen? Here you go. <laughs> She's putting you on the hot seat, Tony. Um
2: That she can uh, carry way more than
1: hmm. yeah. <clears throat> um, something that I have learned about him, and not just learned, but now value and appreciate. And, um, now when I look at him, I see him in like a different, just a different light, but just how like his, his physical body might be changing, but like the person that I've married is still there. He's still very consistent and very thorough, very, um, very, like just very concerned about the things of God. And he's, I, I don't know if the Lord has just given him time to season his words differently, but, um, I have not been able to receive things from him as well as I do in this season. Mm. Um, and he's, I've, I've learned like that. He is like a, he is a safe place. He is a refuge for me. And I didn't, we didn't have that in the beginning of our marriage, if I'm being honest. And now just seeing how like he, like he is the, the safe place that I think, God has always intended for him to be in my heart.
2: Yeah. I love that. I so love that's that. what I was saying. She, she, <laughs> and, maybe, and back to Tony. Uh, it's about time. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, she can, she's able to carry way more than I'd ever want, want, want her to.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, so. Well,
0: yeah. that's why I wanted to have both of you on. I could just have Corey on and just talk to her. I could just have Tony on and just talk to you, but I feel like you um, both are walking through this in different ways. And there are people listening who are walking through health challenges themselves. There are people listening who love people who are walking through health challenges. And so um, it's it's two sides of the same coin. And I love the fact that you just said, Corey, you know, he became even more of a safe place, even in um this season of adversity. So there's just so much both of you are sharing that is so rich. Um, finally in this section, before we kind of wrap up about what you want people to know about ALS moving forward, what is something you have learned about God? I know you shared a lot, but is there one thing that you would want to make sure people are listening, going, I don't even understand how they're able to say what they're saying. You know, their situation is so hard, or maybe to speak to what you said, Corey, that there are, they are angry or Tony, they are bitter. Um, they are in pain. You know, what is something that you have learned about God that you want people to know about this God you love so much?
2: Um, Not to judge him based off his silence. Um, And don't misinterpret him not speaking directly or specifically to a to your hardship or your situation. He knows what he's doing. He knows what you need um, and uh, I just recently um heard someone say um, a teacher is a teacher is often silent during the test, and um uh, you know trust in what he's giving you um trust in what he's taking you away." And, um, you know, um, uh, be slow to, um, uh, make a conclusion of who he is or what he is doing. Uh, uh, because he was good well before we were in our situation. Um, he is good in the midst of it. And, uh, he is forever going to be good. Um, yeah. and, uh, It's not the word does not say taste and see if he is sweet. Mm You know. Um you know. Taste and see that that he is good. That he is good. That he is good. Mm. Yeah, like it's not a matter of if. Mm -hmm. Um it's a it's it's a matter of um, you know me experiencing the the richness of his goodness. So that's it.
0: And choosing, um, choosing to see it, choosing to taste and see it. That's our, that's our role and actively seeing that he is good. Even when life is not Corey, what have you learned about God that maybe you don't think you would have otherwise learned or some new facet of his character you'd like people to know.
1: Um, his miracles, come in a range of shapes and sizes and visibility. And we have to be careful not to um, try to funnel him into these big physical miracles because there's a miracle in waking up in the morning. There's a miracle in speaking to the one that you love. There's a miracle in worship and prayer in the word. There's miracles in everything. And he does do the big physical miracles, but we have to start... Paying attention to everything in our lives and mm-hmm. not just these big, like, pinnacle moments, because there's um, a miracle that Tony even knew to go see somebody before mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. really lost the work in his hands. And we were really left with, you know, it was too late or something. And mm-hmm. there's a miracle that he's even in a trial. There's a, a yeah. miracle that our families have come so close in all of this, a miracle Mm -hmm. that our kids have been able to recognize and see the goodness of God in all of this. And they're five and three, um, a miracle Mm -hmm. that, you know, we got to have another baby in the midst of all of this and just all of the things that, that he's done, just everything that you need, he provides, If you don't need it, he doesn't provide it because he knows that you don't need it, that it might just be a waste or it might just be a distraction. There are literal miracles in all facets.
0: I agree, Corey. We talk here on the podcast about discovering miracles in life's messy moments. And I think sometimes we define what we think a miracle is going to look like. But if we allow God to define it, it can be very different. So Um, We've really talked so many things about ALS, but I I just want to leave people with what you want them to know about your story right now. You're both making your lives matter in so many ways. What can people do to make a difference in the fight to find a cure for ALS?
1: Um, So there is no clear, there's no clear treatment for ALS. It's really you meet with a specialist and they kind of gather data and they're measuring your progression into the diagnosis. Um, in the last, I would say the last few years, because I'm, I think they surfaced around 2017, there was a doctor who um, developed a treatment using stem cells. And we have found, and just in revelation with the Lord even too, um, that the stem cell treatments are the most beneficial for ALS patients because they're replacing these cells that are basically dead and they're taking over the job of those dead stem cells and then ultimately allowing the body to kind of like rejuvenate again and um the so this I'm
2: do- not to. oh okay you ready
1: <laughs> this um <laughs> treatment that this doctor created um is called neurone um, unfortunately, neurone is not available to ALS patients because of FDA regulations. Hmm. Um, and it is unfortunate. And I don't believe that it is these regulations make very much sense considering that a lot of the data, um, and just physical observation shows that this treatment is viable and that it does hmm. benefit patients. Um, we know some people who have gotten the treatment, it's kind of like dialysis, um, but they've been in they're, they're wheelchair bound or they have breathing tubes and they receive the different variations of the, like the different, um, steps in these treatments and they receive multiple doses and they're up and walking and breathing wow. without a tube. And, um, in our minds, because we're that's all the evidence that you really need for these treatments to be available. Um, but unfortunately that is not the case right now.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, very very frustrating and heartbreaking um to be aware of the politics involved and uh those really about people um this drug in particular neuron would be made available yeah um there is um enough evidence enough support enough uh positive results it does not work for everyone but it does work for for uh Enough people to to allow um, patients to even have the right or choice to have it put into their body. Sure. Um, And uh, the fact that uh, we are not even given a choice. Mm. I mean, it's actually been around uh, for right around ten years now. Um, And Mm. but there's a strong positive push in Congress right now to 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 examine the FDA's decision um, about uh, Mm -hmm. neurone. And um, there is um, a very quick, easy way to uh, advocate for those in the community. And we'll we'll send you the link. Um, It's helpmayuri.com. Mayuri, M-A-Y-U-R-I. She is a young lady who was diagnosed with ALS um, several years ago and she is now, um, uh, she, she can hardly breathe on her own.
0: Mm.
2: She can't speak. She communicates all with, um, her eyes and, and amazing technology, but she, she worked on Capitol Hill, brilliant young woman. Mm. Um, and she was, um, I believe misdiagnosed for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and just for everyone to know the only hope really people have secular hope that people have in ALS is finding their way to a trial to begin, hopefully receiving treatment that'll mm-hmm. hopefully help you in any way And less than 1% of people with the, with the disease, get into a trial are wow. qualified. Wow. Um, and, uh, so Narone being uh, ran through phase one, phase two, phase three trials and having miraculous results. Um, and for the FDA to say, Oh, it didn't meet our benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, mm-hmm. so um, if, if you, if you know any listener would um, help dot the link will be given. Um, you literally plug in your name and, um myri's website will send a direct email to your congressman Mm -hmm. um that will basically ask them to support the bill and there is incredible support right now for the bill
0: yeah
2: Mm. um well over well over 200 sponsors wow um maybe just under 300 sponsors in congress so um
0: Uh, And a breakthrough
1: for the community was a congressional hearing that we've had recently in July. And in that hearing, because the FDA was just kind of like shutting everything down and these we were getting numerous co-sponsors, but it didn't seem like it was really um, like we were hitting the ground at all. Um, We advocated for a Congressional hearing and in the hearing, actual patients got to tell their story and why, Mm -hmm. you know, they need this bill and why it's important to release these things and why the FDA is restricting treatment that's actually beneficial for patients. Mm -hmm. Um, And just something that I just saw was that the number of ALS cases across the globe is expected to increase 69% by 2040. Oh, wow. And
2: And it literally targets all ages, all, ages. all yeah. demographics, all life. Yeah. Recently a five-year-old was just added to the mm. no more excuse uh, group that I'm a part of. Um, and, um, it, the progression is, is random. There was yeah. this, this past year, 2020 at the end of the year, a 29 year old man, healthy man, I believe he had two daughters was diagnosed in the beginning of the year and he was dead, mm. it, mm. but nine months later.
0: Yeah. Oh. So, um, and this is something we can all do. We can yes. all write the letters. We wrote them yeah. here locally to to help get you to be a part of this trial. You you are in that one percent. We were so grateful
2: yes.
0: to see that happen. But this is something different than the trials. This is something right. that has proven to be effective. You yes. um, know, I don't want to get political, but it is frustrating to see all this surrounding COVID. Um, and you know, we can rush things and we can make things available and we can even make it. Available without choice, and here we're just saying, "Look, we, we would like to have the choice to have this, yes. and here's a way that this can happen." So, guys, the link is in the show link, uh, the show notes. You know, it, it's a simple, quick, easy way that you can take an active step in uh, in seeing ALS and uh, the lives of those with ALS and those that love ALS. We want to see an end to this in our lifetime. It's possible. And, um, and so we know we have secular means of, of that hope through things like medication, but we, we know that ultimately our hope is in Jesus Christ. And you guys have pointed us to that so beautifully. Um, I know we're out of time, but I, I've, I've got to ask this last question before we pray. I'd love to ask both of you, but Tony, other than Jesus in the Bible, who are you most looking forward to meeting in heaven? Who's inspired you the way you're inspiring us? Who's inspired you to make life matter?
2: Uh, there's a runaway first. Um, uh, I, I really look forward to meeting David. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, that man, his life has so much range. Yeah. What you, you know, um, he's a great example of, you know, good people are, are, are great at making bad decisions. And, uh, you know, it's never too late to do to, to do the next right thing.
0: That's um, right. That's
2: and right. but also to see the lasting consequences mm. of, of of our, our forgiven decisions. <laughs> you know. yeah. Um, yeah. So um I, I look forward to meeting uh, with Mary as well. I oh, was God. gonna say Oh, Mary. oh, oh you, took her, <laughs> you took her answer.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. Sorry. <laughs> Why, why Mary for both of you, but Corey, why Mary?
1: (laughs) Um, Just her. I mean, she was a virgin and God chose her for the conception of our Lord and Savior. And just what she must have walked through that season of her life. Like Mm. I, I know sometimes like when you feel shame and guilt because of a decision that you've made um, but in this case, like Mary didn't make a decision. Like, I mean, she made a, a choice to receive yeah. who God chose to carry this, you know, the the literal weight of glory mm-hmm. and just imagining how she walked through that community with mm-hmm. dignity and grace and just how she believed like that he told her and she believed. And mm-hmm. I just like desire and I admire that faith.
2: I'm a mama's boy. So <laughs> kind of, uh, uh, I can
0: see it. But Mary but was Mary, amazing. Mary
2: knew. Mary, yeah. the song Mary, did you know? She absolutely she knew.
0: She knew 100%. I've said that to people. We don't even need that song. Even though I like is, it. Yeah.
2: Just, just thinking through like how you know, how she navigated parenting, you know, knowing yeah. that her oldest son was, you know. Yeah. was and. How did you not treat him better
0: differently? <laughs> I agree well, it's powerful and 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 guys, Tony's gonna pray over us in just a second and uh even while we're here, Corey's tending to the kids, and you know they have real lives and uh and they've been so gracious to share this time with us. I know you've been inspired the same way that I have um before they pray over us, I want to read today's truth that matters. It's actually from, um, it's not from a book that they've written yet. I'm going to put yet on that because (laughs) with all the wisdom that pours out of both of you, there's gotta be a book in the making at some point. But today's truth that matters is actually a post that Corey actually posted this morning on social media. As I was preparing for today's interview, it was a picture. And when you see the picture that I post on social media, you'll see that this is a pre ALS picture and you posted a picture. Um, I think that was the day of your wedding, actually, um, on social media the day before. And she said this in the scripture that I want to close with today. I have to be careful reminiscing sometimes because it'll mess me up in some ways. I find myself wanting things to go back to that moment. But if we go backwards, we miss out on everything God is doing right now in this season that we're in. It's in the hard stuff that we should delight in the Lord because he's so evidently present and working. I see his glory in sickness, and I am rejoicing in how he uses our weakness. I love this moment in this picture and the one before it, where we got married and walked up these very steps. The truth of it all is that we won't be going back to this point. When my husband is fully restored, he won't be this person he was. He'll be new. We are going through to new, not backwards to what was once was, but through it all. I love this man and who he is now and who he will be and who God is making him into. Together, we're going through the new. He's way stronger now than he has ever been before. And then I want to read the scripture from Isaiah 43, verse 18 and 19. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, I will create rivers. In the dry wasteland. That's the God that we are talking about. That's the God that Tony and Corey serve. Tony and Corey, I just want to invite you to close our time together in prayer today.
2: (laughs) Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for... thank you for coming after us. I thank you for um, desiring us more than we desire you. Lord, we, we can truly trust you with our soul. We can trust you with anything. And uh we believe that you're good. We know that you're good. And we trust that you'll continue to be good. Uh, Lord, we um we know that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof, the world and all those that dwell therein. So Lord, whether there is a, a medicinal remedy or or a miracle, I thank you. For what you were going to provide for the ALS community. Lord, I thank you for holding it all together. We owe you everything, and you owe us, owe us nothing. Help us. We love you and we trust you until you return. Um, In your name, Lord, we pray. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com. Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio until next week. Let's make life matter.